that Shane likes watching is about to start. It's Boba Fett, episode two. I don't know how Maniac and I didn't think of Tribes of Tatooine when we were comparing this show to Gangs of New York last week. It was right there for us. We'll be better, don't worry. We'll, we'll get on that. We'll get on that next time. But man, I, I can't wait for Casali and Maniac to break this down in this episode. Um, what a fun episode. I mean, had some Snowpiercer elements, um, some elements of the of the 70s and 60s, um, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of interesting plot lines that I think can spin out of this. Um, we spent a lot of time in the pre-Mando timeline in this with the Tusken Raiders. I just love, I want to be a Tusken Raider. I think that's my takeaway from this episode, the biggest one. I would like that. I would very much like that. What a great episode. Continuing the theme of last week, showing Boba um, just be a badass on his own without any Mandalorian armor, without any Jabba support, just doing his own thing. Um, dealing with his issues in the way that he can, showing he's a badass. I can't wait for these boys to break it down with you. Sorry I won't be there. I've entered uh, Trainwreck Sports COVID protocols. But I'll be back next week, episode three of Boba. <clears throat> Peacemaker coming. Going to be a great one. Have a great show tonight, guys. Good luck. Have fun. Folks, welcome back to What's Trainwreck Watching. You know if it's Wednesday, it's What's Trainwreck Watching. And of course... Just like we started last week, myself and Micah, man, we are into the book of Boba Fett, but that's, it's time to call in reinforcements, folks. And we know him. We love him in the form of Joseph Casali, Mr. Hollywood Casali Files. How are we doing? How are we feeling back on the men, sir? Oh, man, I am feeling great. I am done with COVID. It's just been such a crazy ride. But uh, you know what? It, it was what the best medicine was, was the return of uh you know star wars uh, around this time of year you know getting the return of the jedi feeling back because i have been so amped up about this show i've been kind of uh you know you know and i'm like trying to figure out what it was really gonna be about obviously we've had you know two wonderful seasons of the mandalorian which to me is just where star wars should be right now you know sequel trilogy aside i think what they're doing with the with the television shows have been nothing but magnificent and you know coming from episode two uh it's just been nothing short of amazing i think what they're really doing kind of opening you know into a new world with this uh series has been nothing but amazing so i'm so excited to be back uh and talk about the wonderful boba fett uh in all his glory of course i can't wait to talk about this show with you Love to hear it. Love to have you back. So with that said, we left off last week. Mando had climbed the ranks. He had gone from prisoner to respected individual amongst the Tusken Raiders. Meanwhile, amongst Mos Espa, he thought he was gaining respect until he was attacked by some ninja assassins. And that's where we pick up this week. So with that said, uh, you know, kind of hopping around. You, there could be spoilers in here, folks. You always know with uh, Mr. Hollywood. You never know. With that said... Joe, what were your biggest takeaways uh, from episode two, Book of Boba Fett? I know you were loving the Western vibe. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and you know, it, it kind of bleeded off with uh, my thoughts uh, of the uh, original episode too, because again, I think, you know, the kind of feeling we have gotten with this, obviously this takes place after uh, not only, it's kind of cool how they're doing the dual vibe to it, where it takes place after 
where we've gotten from uh, with season two of Mandalorian, but it also takes place after uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, I didn't really kind of like before I talk about anything else. I mean, just witnessing how Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit uh, from Return of the Jedi after, you know, he got kicked from uh, Luke Skywalker, uh, Han Solo and and all that stuff. So uh, to, to actually finally understand how he's alive after all this time is, you know, it's very satisfying. It, it kind of, you know, it's it's a little poetic too, because if, uh, if you're ever uh, any Parks and Recreation fans out there, you know, you kind of got it to do with uh, with that explanation, what, what they originally wanted. But, it, you know, so I'm all set for it. I'm all like, okay, I'm, I accept that he's back. I love that he's back. Having Tamara Morrison back, of course, uh, you know, it was just excellent. And I think what they're doing with this show having a western feel because that's how star wars was always kind of that space western space with the western original trilogy is the very, and everything it's the textbook answer for what star wars was at the start absolutely so i think with what they're doing and obviously we've known from uh you know the past two seasons of mando like john favreau dave filoni they really know what they're doing so to to bleed it off into this which obviously it's not mando season three but it kind of feels that way still so you know, it's just really exciting. But to see, like, his aspect of it, I mean, because, you know, it's Boba Fett. You know, it's it's funny because Boba Fett was always this, like, random character that, you know, George Lucas created, you know, within Empire Strikes Back that never really had, you know, its followings to, until after the movies came out. And then when he was killed in Return of the Jedi, you know, it was this huge uproar because they didn't really you know, with the merchandising and everything after Empire Strikes Back, they didn't really kind of un- fully understand what what that character was going to mean to people. So to have all this lore and everything, you know, behind this one character to lead into the show, I think is just so exciting. And it shows, I mean, having Tamara back, who played Django Fett in the prequels, having him kind of, you know, stand his foot and stand his ground, because obviously, you know, Jabba the Hutt's gone. Um you know, Bib Fortuna was trying to do the ranks, but he was taken out by uh, by Boba Fett at the end of uh, Mando season two. So he's trying to show his place in Tatooine where, you know, like just because, you know, the underworld is a little shooken up right now, like Boba is here and he's here to stay. So that's, uh, you know, the whole vibe that I've been getting from that has been really exciting. Yeah, a lot to take away. So we see that in this episode. So in the post-Mando timeline... Boba goes to Mos Espa. They pull the Rancor trick on the uh, assassin. <laughs> and, uh, and and by the way, when that Gamorrean guard heard Rancor, he was, he oh, was, he was shuffling off that, that uh, deck. But with that said, um, yeah, so they visit the mayor. What did you think of the scene with the mayor and the translation? Boba pushing his way around City Hall. Oh, man. I thought, again, it's just like Boba really kind of like showing his place like he's not messing around. I thought... It's always interesting what they always do with, you know, the politics side within Star Wars. I mean, you know, they George kind of got a little sloppy uh, with with it in the prequels, but it's always... You mean mean carried away? Carried away, yeah. I mean, of course, but, you know, so it's always interesting to see, like, you know, the crime syndicates and all that stuff within, because Tatooine really is, you know, this realm of, uh, of lunacy, so... To, to kind of see that was, you know, it's always interesting. Star Wars always has those kind of, those characters that kind of, you know, stand their ground. So it's always, always interesting to see, uh, you know, what tricks they have up their sleeves and, and stuff. But, 
you know, again, it's it's Star Wars. It felt like Star Wars. It felt like it right from the beginning. So, you know, I'm just sitting there like a kid in the candy store, like, okay, like, this is just awesome. It really was. And speaking of standing your ground, so Boba obviously hears, you know, that he has to go back to the sanctuary, and he goes there, and he's a little bit confused. He doesn't know if the enemy's within or whatnot, and we find out the dreaded news. The huts are coming back for that <laughs> ass. The huts are coming back for that territory. So they come in, they got the, you know, the litter, as they were talking about, they're being carried by these poor saps. I mean, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of getting a little hut action? So I, have you seen the Clone Wars? Uh, yeah. I've, the animated I've seen, series? Because there's, there's a lot of hut yeah. action in the Clone Wars. I'm still so. going through uh, uh, the animated stuff. But, uh, I mean, of course, you know, they... The and and rightfully so because Dave Filoni really has his you know foot within these shows and he was massively behind the the animated stuff. You know the huts were always you know this this sort of thing. I mean it, it's crazy because even the history of of Jabba the Hutt. It you know when when they did the original movie, it was actually supposed to be a, just a guy, and that was what Jabba was, and then it kind of morphed into this big lizard when they did Return of the Jedi and they swapped them back in the movie in A New Hope when they did the special editions. So, you know, again, but that's, you know, that's the thing with these, this series is when they introduce these species, we really don't know much about them. So, you know, when they, I mean, of course it's, you know, they like to, you know, have their cake and eat it too. Cause the huts were always like, you know, coming back in the show and stuff. And I think in the animated movie, uh, that was like the whole plot line was like like a disciple of Jabba the Hutt. I forget what what the what his name was, but it was like the little baby Jabba the Hutt, you know, baby Hutt. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's always interesting to see like what they got up their sleeves. I thought, you know, I mean, I thought it was interesting to showcase like the the Jabba twins uh, floating through the town. Uh, you know, very interesting to see. Uh, Did you notice you know, that the, the people carrying the litter were like struggling when they were there for like? Oh, of course, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, like even even Jabba in, in Return of the Jedi. You know, he was. You know, he's just this big, giant, smelly slug. You know, and and everybody just respected him, even though you know, like when having like Leia chained up and everything, it was just you know, it was just more of a show than anything. Oh, absolute show, no doubt about it. So speaking of the show. So we get the showdown between Fett and the two Huts. The Huts say that they're going to settle it at a later date. So that makes me think that they're going to try and leverage over Boba at a later date. Because they obviously could have just tried to kill him right there. Oh, yeah. They could have tried to have their super Wookiee attack him. Mm-hmm. Um, with that yeah. said, how are they going to be able to leverage Boba Fett? It was right, right now he's playing by all the rules. He, he's making it hard to leverage against him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, they're still trying to figure out, you know, what Boba, you know, what's his intentions are now that he's back and everything. Because it kind of makes me think, too, like how much of because Boba, he was hired uh, from the Empire to, you know, to kind of course with Vader. uh, And then, you know, Vader gave up Han Solo to him and he brought him back to to Jabba. So we don't really even know his true alliance with Jabba the Hutt in, on Tatooine. So, you know, I, I think that's really, you know, as much as it's awesome to have Boba Fett back, it's kind of really kind of showcasing, like, what he, like, what is there for him to still prove? Because, again, like, the Empire is gone, but there's still kind of, like, little syndicates and everything, like, kind of, like, the remnants of, of yeah, it. Like, the, the, obviously, the... it's, 
still everything's years. scattered. It's broken, yeah. but it's scattered. Yeah, it's still years before you know we get to the first order and everything in the Force Awakens. So you know, I think that's really kind of what these shows. It you know, it felt like an underworld like gangster story like as much as it's a western it yeah, really felt like yeah there's an underworld like i was watching the godfather or so, you know or something like that so it's it's really interesting to see like what they're gonna what they're gonna do most definitely it is interesting to see what they're gonna do so what what do you think ultimately is gonna happen you think boba will continue to play by the rules in the uh coming episodes or you think he's gonna get down and dirty to deal with these opponents because his, his his reign in moss espa is being questioned in a big way yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just kind of, you know, um, you know, he just he wants to show because uh, even in the first episode, even the beginning of this, you know, he just wanted to show respect um, and have respect shown to him. It wasn't like Jabba. He just had fear that was behind him. That was the reason why he was in control, where Boba wants respect and and to be, you know, noticed. So I think that already kind of showcases how how much of a different ruler or leader or whatever Boba's trying to do uh you know definitely show because obviously you know within the the you know kind of side of these episodes where it takes place after uh Mando you know it already kind of showcases that you know the Mandalorian are there you know like there there are people out there there that are not just you know uh Din Djarin and the Mandalorian you know it there, there's there's a kind of alliance within that realm kind of growing. So I think um, for Boba to, you know, have his, you know, watch on Tatooine, I think that's something, uh, you know, that he's trying to trying to not only prove to himself, but kind of just, like I said, kind of just have his, you know, take on, on what he wants to do. So Boba goes back. He hits the Bacta, which in this show is an indicator that he's about to hit his dream sequence and go mm-hmm. back to the pre-Mando timeline where he's currently with the Tusken Raiders. But before we get into that, let's talk some Picassos. Hey, mm-hmm. Picassos freestyle. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. eating a couple wings mm-hmm. with a couple kings. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite things. Hey, mm-hmm. hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 I'm not a good freestyle mm-hmm. rapper. Wait, hold on, let me think for a second. And we're back, folks, and we are mm-hmm. talking obviously the pre-Mando storyline in chapter two, Book of Boba Fett. So obviously Mando has kind of climbed the ranks. You see him fight training with uh the Tuscan Raiders, Casalian. What this made me want to do. I want to go back and watch that Mandalorian episode when Boba comes on the scene and is with his staff. I mean, I knew he was whooping ass back then. Yeah. Now I want to see him using the moves and I want to see him. He, he kind of does this thing in Jumanji. Uh, you know, the rocks character has this thing where he could smolder. Boba <laughs> Fett kind of uh-huh. does that though, but it's like after an ass kicking. Like, oh yeah. Like absolutely. when he, like when he strangled out that monster last week, like, you know, like a brief smolder. Like, mm-hmm. when he, like, comes down with, like, the chop, like, he does the smolder. Like, that's big time for Boba. But very interested to watch that. I was uh, curious what you thought of the uh, fight sequence, learning from these Tusken Raiders. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it kind of – not not that it's just, like, just kind of an origin to, like, how we got to, you know, what we saw with Boba within uh, Mando Season 2. But, you know, it, it's very interesting to, to kind of see what he's going through, learning from – 
the Tuscan Raiders. Obviously, that's also, you know, a race within the the history of Star Wars that, you know, we don't know a lot, but we do, you know, like obviously, you know, they were in the original trilogy. They, you know, they captured Luke and stuff like that. And then all the way to the prequels that, uh, you know, that Anakin, you know, tried to uh, free his mother from. So we know that they're a very bad kind of sort of group uh within so the, far the they've been portrayed so far. as one for yeah. sure yes you're, you're absolutely right within within the the dune seas of tatooine so to to see you know their connection with boba fett um you know is really really cool because you know he he respects them he he doesn't just look at them as animals like he respects them he agrees with them he talks with them so i think that side alone is something that you know, we kind of really don't see, we see a little, like, it kind of humanizes, you know, the Tuscan Raiders, which is really interesting, and to see them, like, work together, even before we get to what happens within episode two, um, you know, is really kind of telling, you know, he's, you know, getting lessons from them, and it kind of morphs them into the warrior where we came to see it, and uh, in Mando season two, so it's kind of really cool to see that, that different side of this, uh, uh, savage uh, group that we've we've you know grew up with within Star Wars. Absolutely, what these limited series have done is they've changed the narratives and they've shown how funny it is. Like for example, in Mando season two, when they're storming the Imperial bunker with um, what's his face, uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr, um, <laughs> and they get saved by the Tie Fighters, and it's a hysterical feeling because you feel yeah. like elated, but it was saved by Tie Fighters. It's like now when he's with the Tuscan Raiders, like you're seeing them in a different light. So it's yeah. changing the narrative. It's giving you a new perspective, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. From and the fight moves are obviously very cool. It was cool to see him, Tamara Morrison. Like kudos to him as an actor because he's acting with someone who's kind of just giving him like non-verbals back and stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. able to still convey emotion, to still convey that desperation that Boba Fett's kind of feeling right now. He's kind of out of place, right? He doesn't have his armor. He doesn't yeah. have any like gigs lined up as a bounty hunter. He's a simple man making his way through the universe, but right now he's stuck in the middle of the Dune Sea uh, with this Tuscan Raider crew. So obviously they're training, and all of a sudden training goes off the rails when they run into this train. I mean, what the? This reminded me of like a Rogue Squadron mission, Sally, yeah. with the train going through like the thing. It's kind of weird, anyways. So they're getting shot at, and Boba Fett kind of, you know. It's kind of alphas the whole group. Like he's kind of still a neophyte in the Tuscan Raider crew. And he goes, I'm going to get rid of that. And he starts the quest by walking into a bar and just beating the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole, the, the whole um, sequence within, you know, introducing the train and, and what he, you know, the steps he takes in order for, for them to kind of, uh interact with it It, it's straight western feeling i I mean even you know going to the bar you know it just it feels like a western and that's what star wars you know kind of always felt like you know within first scene of mando was was you know so and it's funny like when when first when they introduced the train uh you know seeing that in the distance i thought it was just they were gonna introduce like another crate dragon or something like that maybe even in my head i was you know i don't know why i was thinking dune uh, i guess probably i was thinking animal fresh. i was thinking crate dragon you know like sure. it, it looked like it looked like the dune worm in in the in the new movie dune so uh but yeah like a crate dragon like i i kind of had that feeling that what it was so 
when it was introduced as as a train and and there was these you know uh hunters on and they were just attacking you know the the uh the the raiders again it kind of it already started off with like that western feel you know and stuff like that so when he goes to the bar to try and figure out like you know what's going on and like obviously this is boba fett like he you know he doesn't mess around he doesn't you know question anything he just you know it hits first thinks later and and that's kind of like what he did so when he came back with with those uh with those vehicles again it's kind of setting up you know the hero's journey within our favorite like this was like a clint eastwood movie you know like it really felt like that when they were taking down the train and whatnot and it was just like it's so exciting to kind of see you know, like same storytelling, but through the eyes of, you know, f- something familiar within Star Wars. So it's kind of, you know, it's always interesting when, uh, when you know, they kind of take go this route uh, in a way. So what'd you ultimately think of the train sequence? I mean, Tuscan Raiders can hold their own. They were, uh, oh, yeah. so what are those, the Pikes? Um, that they were fighting because then people were like they're fish and it's hysterical. Yeah, I call them fish um, and they're pikes. Yeah, it was something like that. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of you know they remind they're like Admiral Akbar type thing. Like they kind of look. Like, and again, two sides who are fighting and they don't really know why they're fighting. Oh, absolutely, that's the thing too. Because I mean, we don't know much about what that other side was. You know, they could have just been protecting themselves too. You know, that's that's you know we. We always get this feeling within Star Wars, you know, the light and the dark side, um, you know, trying to figure out, obviously, you know, when it comes from Luke Skywalker to Darth Vader, you know, or Luke Skywalker to the Emperor, we know, you know, what's what's good and bad. But, you know, within Star Wars and especially on a place like Tatooine, you know, everyone's there to kind of protect themselves and and really kind of, you know, trying to survive at any cost. So that's kind of what it felt like, where it was these two different you know, races where they didn't know, you know, right from wrong. They just were kind of protecting their own. So, you know, from their side, it, they could have been doing what was right. And just, you know, because they're the Tuscan Raiders, you know, like they're this, you know, rash group that just rapes and pillages and, and whatnot. So it's always interesting to kind of see like that kind of storytelling where now, you know, we're kind of on on the side of the on the, on the Raiders where, you know, in the past, they were always envision as bad guys again like i said before with within a new hope and with the prequels and whatnot so having boba fett team up with them and we're seeing like a you know a different side of them you know i think that's you know where you really get strong storytelling and i think that's what works within you know what disney is doing within their uh their time with star wars so i i I really enjoyed that kind of side of it it brought you know, a different light to something that you don't even think of. And I think having this realm, you know, having this kind of storytelling within the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus, I think that's what works. And and that's what makes it really interesting and still fresh. And the world building you're talking about, I got to say this though right now, Favreau, Filoni, that that code, they're the ones doing it. The movies didn't necessarily accomplish that. A lot of people were thinking that, you know, the movies fell flat in that area. So I just want to say that because the diehard Star Wars fan, these limited series have been a breath of fresh air versus the movies. Absolutely. Listen, just to say this quick, I've always enjoyed the movies. Get them. them. I've always enjoyed the movies. I know they're not perfect in any means. Uh, I mean, you know, The Force Awakens, when I saw in the theater, 
I just was smiling from ear to ear because I was seeing a Star Wars movie on the everybody big was screen. everybody was and, and and rightfully so. I I think the Force Awakens I think is the most enjoyable of the sequel trilogies. The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. That's when it gets very diversified and whatnot. There are things that happen in Last Jedi. I I, I do. You know, Last Jedi was really it. good, but the Rise yeah. of Skywalker literally Rise of Skywalker it, it's tough. to undoing it's the Last tough. Jedi it's, and then doing yeah. its own endings. It's very tough. It's tough. It, I mean, there's still things that I, you know, love about those movies, and I'll still watch those movies. But you know, it to me, listen to me. Even though it, the shows aside, because the shows have ver- have really shown, you know, everything. Return of the Jedi is is you know my complete ending to star wars i think everything else is just really really fun fan fiction and i think what they're doing with you know the sequel trilogy and whatnot i thought it was interesting but i mean i'm just a purist you know with with jedi and empire and you know a new hope empire strikes back return of the jedi i'm not even talking about the special editions i'm talking about the original cuts you know the theatrical cuts that's my star wars through and through so i think you know, I think what these shows have done, and and again, not to you know tarnish those movies made money, and those movies I still you know, uh, you know I still adore and 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 just always have fun with. But it, it's always you know Star Wars is always just like everyone thinks it's like you have to love it or hate it, and that's it. I think to me, and this is why I'm called Mister Hollywood because I think you could still appreciate something even though it wasn't done really well. You know, I think you could always find something good and something bad. And like I said, you know, Last Jedi had a lot of stuff in it where, you know, I enjoyed, but there was a lot of stuff in there where I was just like, this isn't, what's going on here? Like, I I understand what they're doing, but this is just, you know, this, to me, this doesn't feel like it was earned or whatnot. But, you know, but I think, you know, flip it around with what they're doing with Mando and now with two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, I think this is really where, you know, it works. This is really what Star Wars should be doing is this kind of storytelling where it's through a series and it kind of showcases this kind of storytelling. And and it looks beautiful, too. I mean, everything from the production you know what design looks beautiful. and everything. You know what looked beautiful was that final scene when Boba was getting initiated into the Tusken Raiders. And he starts doing the moves around the fire. Oh my God, and then yeah. everybody's doing the moves around mm-hmm. the fire. Here's Phil. He's doing the moves around the fire. What a scene, Casali, right? That's yeah, how you it do like it. A, That's how like you do a, Star Wars feel-good storytelling. Absolutely. Like a Dances with Wolves kind of thing. I, yeah, I, I, you know, again, I kind of, you know... Um, you know, kind of showcasing what the Tuscan Raiders are about. And, you know, obviously they have a philosophy, they have a code, they have their own sort of religion where, you know, and and of acceptance. So, you know, it does definitely lighten things up where, you know, Boba Fett was accepted in their, in their group. And, you know, it was very nice to see. That's always kind of like what you want to see in Star Wars. That is what you want to see in Star Wars. So you were just talking about seeing the good in everything. Mm-hmm. You were just talking about movies making money. You were just talking about finding the best and even in the bad. That's what I'm saying. Matrix Resurrections. Uh-huh. Here we go. Here we go. You guys well, have been we'll waiting. We'll just go a couple minutes. We'll just go yeah, a no, of course, of course. Everyone's, everyone's either seen it or they're not going to see it at this point. Not, not to say it's crazy, but with it on streaming and HBO Max. Oh, well, yeah. Has that what, it, this came out before Christmas. 
right? Like, yeah. yeah, right before Christmas. Yeah, right before. Christmas. I was super hyped for it. I mean, I was. I knew that it was probably too, a absolutely. cash grab. I knew that it was probably a cash grab. I did not expect the movie to admit that it was basically a cash grab. That they yeah. were like, "Oh, like we're cash grabbing." Mm-hmm. And and the only thing I'll say is that it just had nothing of what made the great the old films great. You can Absolutely. talk about whether this is a good movie or not, but Matrix Resurrections is like a completely different movie from Matrix. And and the big mm-hmm. thing is that there's no action from Keanu. Oh. Basically, any action is just like force using pushing. the force. <laughs> yeah. So like so like it's just silly to me. But Casella, give your thoughts. Yeah. No. I mean, well, you know. This is this is fun because this is you know talking about two things I I love even though the sequels have been you know a little iffy. I listen. I love and adore the original Matrix. The original Matrix is one of my favorite movies of all time. Star Wars actually kind of being right above it. Um, I I love everything about the Matrix. Uh, you know the the philosophies behind it, everything, the whole meaning. I think what they did in 1999. Um, knocked it out of the park um and just you know everything it just everything about that movie is just perfect to me uh the sequels i do enjoy i i do have fun with uh you know reloaded i think it's a little bit more you know with actiony stuff and revolutions gets a little bit more dialogue you know uh heaviness stuff and i think what what the wachowskis were doing within that whole trilogy i think they had a point, uh, and it led to you know said point at the end of Revolutions. I think that's what it was. Now with Resurrections coming along, this was something that it, it's funny. Like this movie, you know, again, like we had such a renaissance with Keanu Reeves. You know, he came back. He's yeah, he has been on fire. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that gave this movie so much. Art. I'd say the most the most legitimacy this movie had is that Keanu has been on fire the last like yeah Keanu and obviously and and not to mention too bringing you know the having Carrie and Moss you know come back because we listen we live in a world obviously talking about the Star Wars sequels whatnot we live in a world where now these big you know studios they're rebooting their franchises whether it comes to Star Wars or Jumanji or you know all this stuff we're we're, we're getting these big reboots you know and that's where the, it kind of gets a little hairy with what the meaning behind it is you know so i i, I kind of had that already amped up when going into matrix resurrections because i was i was expecting it to be like the force awakens of the matrix and honestly it kind of you know it felt like that but at least to me like the force awakens at least kind of had a point to where it was leading to where to like resurrections to me and it's funny Force going Awakens, into this. Force Awakens was literally a best of Star Wars. It was. It, it had all the best things that made Star Wars great. It, and was. it was great. But but with Star Wars, you can, you know, obviously, yeah, like Return of the Jedi had an ending, but it didn't end on something where there was no way that they could make something else. Like, it makes sense that they kind of went the route they did with The Force Awakens with with res with resurrections i forget what it's called to me it, it that's felt how like, bad it is if there to was me, anything it, resembling yeah. a decent movie you'd be all over it to me it felt down. like you know i was really because you know you're going into this movie like okay so why are we going back like what what why are they doing a matrix for what is the reasoning behind it and the whole time i'm watching it i still felt like i never got 
the you know like this is why we're coming back you know or what's even happening or what's movie. happening it just like it, you know and it's funny like going into this you know we were kind of amping this debate up between you and i of like oh this is gonna be the the fight of all fights agent smith versus neo you know resurrected and you know at the end of the day we kind of agree on the same thing it, it to me it just felt unnecessary and and there was a lot of stuff that was cool about it you know like it was cool in a sense going back to that world, but again, the reasoning behind it, it just didn't feel like it was deserved. You know, it completely I, I, unearned, completely, unearned. completely exactly. unearned to the point where it's like, you know, they're doing the whole like, okay, well, everything is just, you know, like, you know, it's the matrix, you know, it's like, okay, you could just reboot a computer program system. So it's like that. You know, like th- their Neo is back all of a sudden because he was, you know, just rebooted in, you know, by the machines and that. But it just it felt like, you know, what was the point of all of that? Like, th- you know, like Zion is gone. So they have a new, uh, you know, uh, city to I, save. I, I, I do have to say I stole this from another review. But the coolest thing was the talk about the robot civil war where some or, or the machine oh, yeah. civil war. Where some of the machines wanted to side with the humans and everything. Now there's yeah. your movie. There's your there's movie. your movie that you kind of made. That's exactly what you need. Yeah, like there's your movie. You could because this movie too. It's funny. There was, I remember. You know, this was in 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 pre production for a long time. Um, I think at one point they were gonna do like a, a Morpheus origin movie, and they had like Michael B. Jordan. I think tapped on to do it, and then stuff got like you know moved along. I think like there was another director that was signed on to do it but at the end of the day lana came back to do it like one of the wachowskis who knows you know because it, it it really it's it's crazy too because this whole movie it was so meta that keanu reeves worked for warner brothers it, yeah it, you know unbelievable. It, just, it just felt like it just felt so like what are we doing like we already got that kind of meta-ness within like other movies this year like free guy and whatnot you yeah. know so to, to have that within the matrix where i get if you're doing you know, a cash grab in a metaverse you need to do it in the right way and they it just like right. i Plain said it's just simple. Plain and it, simple. yeah it just felt weird but you know it it was cool seeing keanu back it was cool seeing carrie ann Moss back you know having yet you know like listen that's the knockout if Casale yeah. can't find a way to support it, he just goes that it, it was weird if he goes it was weird it and was it was weird. like a 200 million dollar movie that's i mean a yeah that's a sick yeah, but, you know, but I love you, Casale. That's okay. That's no, okay. Listen, it was a stinker. It was like a stinker. I said, I, I always try and find a good in everything, but it you was, know. you know. But you know, I'm definitely, you know, like I said, uh, <laughs> it's tough. I can't even. It's okay. I, it stunk. It I'm stunk. I'm trying. It did stink. It's like my camera is stinking and pulling me into focus right now. But folks, <laughs> all you have to focus on doing on is following us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, everywhere where you can get your podcasts, because you'll get me unfortunately but you'll also get mr hollywood and typically you'll get the micah man jake micah here on what's trainer watching well you know me unfortunately but you, oh, yeah, fortunately, yeah, you unfortunately fortunately both of you of course thank god to uh save the show so make sure you're following along on there that was our very brief recap on matrix resurrections but our full <laughs> recap on can't wait for chapter three I give us wait. more of that because you know here at what's trainer watching it's not about next week's meal it's not about next week's schedule it's about next Next week's week's episode. episode